politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for our life, our liberty, and our property. Nothing short of that is at stake. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house today, the 16th of February. It's Wednesday. Uh, Sorry I was out yesterday for a brief vacation, but with so much at stake, how can we take vacation so uh, just placated the kids a little bit, you know, brief winter skiing vacation. Uh, I'm telling you, with four kids, it's tougher to go on vacation. In fact, I need a vacation from the original one. But here we are. This is my natural disposition, sitting in front of this microphone, telling the truth. I appreciate you guys making this one of the fastest growing political podcasts out there because you rely on this for activism for information for everything this is not just the entertainment and and look i mean it's life liberty and property life the fact that they are now foisting upon us therapeutics and vaccines that do god knows what to us we're gonna have coming up i never thought i'd reach the day where i'd have an embalmer on the show but we're gonna have uh, uh richard hirschman and embalmer from alabama to discuss these frankenstein blood co- blood clots that he's pulling out of people Uh, After having done thousands of embalmings of dead bodies throughout his life, you know, you can't miss this. And they want to run away from this. Both parties want to run away from this. It's still going on. Liberty, we still have people losing their jobs. We still have uh, criminalization of breathing. We still have problems even in red state school districts. You know, I'm getting emails from that. South Carolina in uh Near, near Greenville, I'm forgetting the place. There was a school district that's still doing this stuff. And then, of course, property. Now they're seizing bank accounts. They're seizing bank accounts in, in, in Canada. Uh, you have the Biden administration supporting the despotic regime. You know, we talk about Ukraine, but the bigger foreign policy issue is our relationship with Trudeau. And yet, what do Republicans have to say about it? With the February 18th budget deadline coming up Thursday night at midnight, we have the consummate opportunity to fight. But as of this recording, there's only seven Senate Republicans in support of that battle. Truly unbelievable. Now, folks, with them seizing our bank accounts and with money being worthless anyway, negative interest rates, Inflation at 40-year highs, now is the best time to invest in gold. Protect your savings now by hedging against against inflation with gold from Birch Gold because the government is sabotaging the value of the U.S. dollar. Birch Gold is the only company I trust and recommend for precious metals. They will help convert an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by real gold. Now is the time to do it. I'll be doing my taxes over the next few weeks. Um, So now's a good time if you have extra money you want to put in an IRA, um, text Daniel to the number 989898 to get a no-cost, no-obligation info kit. Again, this is a comprehensive 20-page guide that reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings basically by putting them under an umbrella of a tax-sheltered account. So do it right now by texting Daniel to 989898, the word Daniel, to 989898. So... We have all this going on. Now is the best time to have this battle. We have the most information against the crimes committed against humanity by the system. 
Um, the politics has never been better. The timing is in- impe- impeccable of this budget battle. And yet, what did Mitch McConnell have to say? He told a reporter yesterday, we'll process a few amendments before doing the short-term CR. I think it'll all be worked out. There's no danger of a government shutdown. So his concern is not the shutdown of her lives, liberty, and property, not the murder of hundreds of thousands of people from denial of treatment and from the clot shots, literally clot shots, as we're going to discuss today. His concern is the government shutdown. So right now we only have seven Republican senators. We need uh, you know, at least 41 Seven in support of blocking the budget bill. Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming, but not the other Wyoming senator, Roger Marshall of Kansas and Mike Brown of Indiana. So, folks, this is a glimpse into what to expect when Republicans are in the majority. In other words, nothing. You're you're not going to get a better time than today. You know, there's a poll out from civics, and that's with a QS at the end, um, Biden's approval-disapproval is 34-56. 56% disapproval rating. I mean, Democrats are on the rope so badly. Three Democrat um, school board officials got chucked from a San Francisco school board in a special election. This is San Francisco. Washington State Senate just voted to limit the power, the emergency powers of the governor. I mean, even in blue states. You look at um, the crosstabs, Biden's approval is 29% among all males, 22% among independents. Even 13% of Democrats disapprove. Okay? Black, some of you might have heard this. Black. Approval rating down to 62%, which is very low. Typically, it's 90. Hispanic, 43%. And then you look at all the states where Republicans are from, where these Republican senators represent. Biden's approval rating in most of these states is below 25%. In Wyoming, it's at, it's at 18%. And yet, we can't get the state legislature and Governor Mark Gordon there to do anything of use to fight COVID fascism. So it's not even like we're asking for something hard. And folks, this is really bad in preparation for our guest today. I want to go through some of um, the latest news on on the vaccine injury. Because this is is the most important thing. This is the pro-life issue in front of us. We got to get to the bottom of this. We got to discover ways to detect injury and then then to treat it. Three pathologists... um, put out a report on an autopsy of two teenagers who dropped dead from myocarditis. And they concluded the myocardial injury seen in these post-vaccine hearts is different from typical myocarditis and has an appearance most closely resembling uh, catecholamine-mediated stress, like toxicity, cardiomyopathy. Understanding that these instances are different from typical myocarditis and that cytokine storm has a known feedback loop may help guide screening and therapy. Cytokine storm. Remember, that's the main pathology of the virus itself. Um, I was emailing back with uh, 
Peter McCullough on this, who's the ultimate cardiologist of our generation, he said these findings sadly confirm fatal COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis or heart inflammation in two young men who died at home and never had a chance at resuscitation, right? Because they died suddenly. We're seeing that a lot. These people dying suddenly. What is going on? So, well, now, now we have an autopsy. The histopathology demonstrates a unique form of myocarditis that may be specific to the mRNA vaccine, suggesting the spike protein damages pericytes that surround capillaries and cardiomyocytes. The author suggests some of the cardiomyocytes show a signature of a surge and catecholamines, I don't even know how to pronounce that, or stress hormones, which at high concentrations can damage the heart. The lipid nanoparticles have been demonstrated to dump their genetic payload into the adrenal glands and nervous tissue um, that produces these toxins. Thus, the combination of inflammation and surges in stress hormones may be in the causal pathway of fatal vaccine-induced myocarditis. With over 200 papers on the topic in the preprint and published literature and now formal evaluation management guidelines issued in the United Kingdom, right? Because they put out formal guidelines on this. COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis has become an expected new disease category for young cardiac patients presenting to EDs and medical offices if they are fortunate enough to have a non-fatal presentation. So, folks, this is known already. You had the CDC published in JAMA. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, that they admitted that the VAERS reporting for myocarditis is likely underreported. Given the high verification rates of reports of myocarditis to VAERS, they concluded after mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccines, underreporting is more likely. Therefore, the actual rate of myocarditis per million doses of vaccines are likely higher than estimated. So, folks, this alone, just the, the, the cardio issues that they admit to, you would think for that alone it would be pulled from the market. Yet it's not. There's an Oxford study that has shown the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine is greater than from COVID for males under the age of 40. And again, we're talking about one of the many, many ailments caused by these shots. If you want to look it up, it's MedRx, risk of myocarditis following sequential COVID-19 vaccination by age and sex. Um, a new study in Israel showed 133 times ri- uh, risk of myocarditis after vaccination um, over the background rate. And some of you might have seen a couple days ago, Pfizer, out of nowhere, tweeted out. I'm, I'm going to read you the, th- the tweet. It's like they're telling you what's going on. DVT, right, that, that's deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot in, in a deep vein, can travel to the lungs, leading to a pulmonary embolism. Symptoms of PE include difficulty breathing and chest pain. Contact your doctor if experiencing symptoms. This is no time to wait. What? They just put this out cryptically. This is insane. Then obviously we have the military data on DVT and, and pulmonary embolism, which is through the roof. This is utterly insane. We shouldn't even be, you know, the budget battle shouldn't be just about defunding the mandates. It should be defunding the shots and banning their distribution in the United States for for anyone. And yet Republicans aren't even there. They're not even there. Now, folks, one thing you can do to protect your health 
against really i mean this helps against all elements is to boost your immune system with z stack i just took my z stack before coming on the air today uh it's dr vladimir zelenko's formulation of the proper dosage of zinc quercetin vitamin c vitamin d to take daily he was as you well know the one to treat people with a hydroxychloroquine based protocol early on was attacked and maligned for it um z stack is gmp certified it's produced right here in the usa now more than ever, you need to take control of your health. Go to zstacklife.com slash Daniel. Enter promo code Daniel for a small discount on your first order. That's zstacklife.com slash Daniel, promo code Daniel. And and, and folks, Zelenko's putting out stuff on just how to treat smallpox and Marburg's disease and these other things that we think are coming down the pipeline. This ain't over. This is the ultimate pro-life battle, which is why I'm having difficulty moving on from it even though there are a lot of other things to talk about. Um, you know, and, and talking about pro-life, so we have the cardio issues, we have the clot shots we're going to discuss today, and then there's the reproductive health. This guy, Josh Gutzko, he has a substack, and he put out, he has a report on this. There's data from Rambam Hospital in Haifa, this is in Israel, reveals a stillbirth miscarriage uh, abortion rate right, spontaneous abortion, I guess they mean SBMA, of 6% among women who never received the COVID vaccine compared to 8% among women who are vaccinated with at least one dose. Now, 6 8%, oh, that, that doesn't seem like a huge differential, but it is. That's um, an odds ratio of 1.36. In other words, that, that would mean, based on that one hospital uh, data, that the, the rate of stillbirth miscarriages among vaccinated women were nearly 34% higher than the rate among the jab-free people. But more telling is the timing. The rate reached a peak in May with 44% of vaccinated women experiencing a stillbirth miscarriage or abortion that month in that hospital. I don't know the raw day, how many raw numbers there were, but that's, that's insane compared to 9% among unvaccinated women. So it really diverged May makes a lot of sense because in Israel, March, April is, is about when a lot of those women would have been getting it. Um, in May, 43% were either stillbirth, miscarriage, or abortion. He also points out another hospital in Israel, Sheba, experienced uh, a similar increase overall in stillborns, although it wasn't broken out by vaccination status. But again, you put that together. You put it together with the menstrual irregularities, the biodistribution studies of lipid nanoparticles in the ovaries, the United States VAERS and military DMED data. This is insane that we're even still discussing the existence of these shots, much less mandates of them. But yet, we're seeing no movement, no movement whatsoever on any significant front to right this ship. Oh, Mitch McConnell. Whoa, whoa. Now, another thing I wanted to point out before we get to our guest, just on uh, early treatment. So it's taken this long for them to finally admit it, but there is a study out from... Where is this? Northwell Health and Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory on famotidine, nothing but Pepsid AC. Okay? And they found that those in the treatment trial, 
meaning that they used famotidine, high-dose famotidine, they used about 80 milligrams, experienced quicker resolution of inflammation in the body and a better resolution of 14 out of 16 assessed symptoms, including improvement in breathing, chest congestion, cough, and abdominal pain. Abdominal pain. And this is, again, just famotidine. There's obviously all the vitamins and aspirin, ivermectin, and um, the betadine nasal spray, and so many other things. Just famotidine alone, it's one of the safest things. Already in May, May 2020, Robert Malone wrote a study on famotidine and its action together with Celebrex against or Celeb. Yeah, I, I think it was it was it was two it was two things in the combo. But he talked about the mechanism of action. Uh, the Trump administration actually did fund a study, but it got stonewalled, and I don't know, even know what happened to it. So while these shots that we now know. The data is insane on them. They were rushed through. We went for two years without studying and following up on auspicious safety signals when we know Trump himself was given IV famotidine October 2020 when he was in Walter Reed you know, with COVID. So this all paints a picture of death. You know, you know what? Let's run the tape. I want you guys to listen to, to these two minutes or so of Project Veritas's latest expose with an FDA official, you know, getting the guy, the guy sounds dumb, but listen to all the things the guy's saying. Well, they're not going to, um, yeah. I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. I thought their cases weren't that high for six what, months to four-year-olds. They're not, but it, because it's um, related to COVID, it's under that approval process. So how many babies did they have to jab, basically, for the trial? I don't know. I haven't went through the trial, um, how many people they did. You never, there's always a chance of long, long-term effects, especially with someone younger. Cole seems certain the federal government will require annual COVID vaccines, including young children, even though the efficacy, adverse reactions, and long-term effects are still unknown. It's hard to find, like, pregnant women um, for these studies and, um, and a significant number in order to be uh, statistically uh, accurate. I haven't tested enough on pregnancy, on you know vaccines and everything, and, and women because they have different you know systems than men. And they, they haven't tested enough. Well, they they have, but they, they haven't done enough prior. Now they also the House have been very good at promoting that, but that was an issue for uh, a period of time. Well, I feel like that's still an issue. It is still an issue. It's still, it's still, we still haven't gotten there. I, I read like a couple articles about it and everything I saw was that the first two shots weren't effective. There, there has been, uh, yes, it is, has not been as effective as they're expecting. I agree. And if all that doesn't raise some eyebrows, just wait until you see what he says in part two about the billions of dollars exchanging hands between our government and Big Pharma and what really goes on behind the scenes during the approval process. There's almost a billion dollars a year going into FDA's budget from the people we um, regulate. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their folks you hear that he admits they don't have all the data they never properly studied this yeah we don't see an effect yeah two shots failed yeah we're gonna push this on kids yeah we make all of our profit from the very application fees from the very companies 
that we're approving. That's why this is the ultimate pro-life issue. That's why you can't walk away from this. Where are the Republican governors promising to stop all these therapeutics and um, shots that the government endorses and formally takes a side on so we have an unbiased regulatory authority in the states? Where are the Republican senators promising to filibuster this week the budget bill? Bringing, bringing everything to a head. You'll never get better tailwinds behind you. This is not, oh, two years ago we were scared, we didn't want to fight it. You will never get better political tailwinds behind you now. But they want to walk away from it. And our guest here is going to talk about why we can't walk away from it. Uh, this, this segment is sponsored by Better Spectacles. We need a 2020 vision politically, but first, you have to be able to see 2020. Uh, Better Spectacles, they are now offering authentic German-engineered rodenstock eyewear in the United States. This is the gold standard of eyewear. They can help you see so much better, particularly their GoSpecs lenses. uses advanced algorithms for more than a million patients, measuring 7,000 points in the eye. You get more energy, no neck stream, the ability to help you see up to 40% better. My wife and I are loving our GoSpecs lenses. They are the best pair we've had. I want you guys to do the same. Go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment. You could do it all at the comfort of your home. And then you get mailed to you uh, for an introductory 61% off their Ghost Specs lenses plus free handcrafted Ronestock frames. Just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So as I mentioned earlier, we are going to actually talk about death today. Something I've never discussed, a type of guest I've never had on before. Because in order to really fight for life, you have to understand what is the cause of all this death. You know, if you follow Ben of Excess U.S. Mortality on Twitter, he's been warning about we're seeing a huge uptick in death for 25 to 44-year-olds. It is not explained by COVID deaths. And we've known from day one that these shots had multiple problems, particularly cardiocirculatory issues, blood clotting, myocarditis. We've understood this. And we're seeing the preponderance of evidence from young athletes dropping dead. A lot of people just seemingly dropping dead very quickly. Uh, we're obviously seeing the insane data from DMED in the military. And you put it all together and you wonder what's going on. And we talked about this last week, but this is really going to be the era of the whistleblower. Where in order for such information to get covered up for such a long period of time, you need a lot of people who are seeing something to say nothing about it. You remember, see some, see something, say something. You know that was the whole, uh, you know, warning for for terrorism. Here's the DHS tip line. Similar thing here. We need people to say something, and it would surprise you the amount of different professions and fields that will likely intersect with problems caused by the vaccine that the government's trying to cover up. Now, the best thing would be to have coroners come out. Uh, you know, doctors actually do autopsies, and I know there are some that are working on that now. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, it is costly, and it's not so common that people have autopsies done so we can get to the bottom of this. But what is more common um, is funeral directors doing uh, embalming and, you know, morticians, 
uh, working obviously for for different funeral preparations that still is common especially with uh you know the older generation and what are they seeing what are they seeing from these dead bodies well on Jane Ruby's show and and uh, some of you might have seen also the clip on Stu Peters our next guest Richard Hirschman he actually came forward after seeing this for many months and said, look, I can't keep quiet anymore. I'm seeing these Frankenstein blood clots. And some of you might have seen this. And at first I thought it was crazy, like everything else. But it turns out it's corroborated by several other embalmers are seeing a similar thing. And I figured I got to get him on. So again, Richard Hirschman, he's a funeral director and also an embalmer in Alabama with over 20 years of experience in his profession. Um, Look, you know... Morticians bury the mistakes committed by doctors and the medical profession. So he is preparing a lot of people for burial and has been doing so the past year and has some very disturbing trends he would like to share with this audience. So with no further ado, Richard, thanks so much for joining us today at this very grim period in our history. Thank you, Daniel, for having me on. I I appreciate it. It's not something I really like to talk about, but I feel like it's something that needs to be um, needs to be talked about because, unfortunately, many people might be dying of some of these clots rather than your typical heart attack, stroke, or whatever. Sure. So obviously, like you said, it's not the type of profession you want to talk about. You don't typically take cool pictures and put them up on social media. It's something you're going to be very quiet about. Um, but you you noticed this trend of a, a while back. Now, when I first saw the story, I thought it was okay. There was these, you know, globs, and you've sent me some pictures. A lot of our audience probably saw it online of these very thick, um, you know, fibrin-like clots uh, that you wonder how anyone could survive for a minute with them in their veins. Could you discuss an overview of the trends you're seeing? And to be clear, this is not one incident. Right. This is not one incident. Um, you know, even during the COVID period prior to the vaccine, we started noticing an, an, an increase in clotting uh, in bodies, not all of them, but an increase from what was normal. However, after the uh, after the vaccine rollout, which started in Jan- well, December of 20 and January of 21, uh, we noticed an increase in business as far as getting, you know, a lot more deaths. But I didn't really start noticing um, this clotting has just progressively gotten worse. And I, I generalized the time when I started to really notice the difference because every embalmer notices clotting. We, we've, you know, it's just a part of our profession. We, we deal with it. They have chemicals that kind of help break them down. But these kind of clots have become, uh, they're, they're, they're much more fibrous. They hold together. Um, they do not dissolve in your hand if you manipulate them. Uh, a lot of them will dissolve. The blood part will dissolve off. But what you're left with is almost like a thread-like um, fiber. Um, and that really started around May or June of 21 just this last year's when I really started noticing it. And I started, you know, 
just noticing it more and more and more. And when I described it to folks, they just weren't understanding what I was talking about. And then I decided uh, later, it was in uh, later in September, I had one uh, pulled one out. It was absolutely huge. And nobody would believe what I'm talking about. And so I took a picture of it. And I started showing it. And people were like, oh, you, that's, that's insane. That just doesn't look like anything I've ever seen. And then I was encouraged to go ahead and, you know, try to document more by taking some more pictures. And so I did. I just started taking some pictures of these clots because they're not typical clots that people would consider, um, you know, being normal, especially people in my profession. And, and that's the thing. To the average person, I mean, I have no idea what a body looks like in the veins and the blood looks like after someone is deceased. Uh, but you've obviously been doing this for 20 years. You probably did about 600 bodies just last year, thousands of them, right. uh, you know, throughout this uh, career. Sure. So you're saying this is nothing you've seen before, um, you know, January, February of 2021. Right. Well, you know, a, a January, you know, again, earlier in, in, in 21, um, if I was, if I was seeing them, I was so busy. I was trying, trying to get my job done, wasn't really seeing this fibrous stuff, but we did notice an increase in clotting. But again, we also noticed that during COVID, but this, these clots, these clots are, are unusually firm. They're unusually long. Sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're long. They're just, sometimes it looks like they, that you can literally see how they're branching into different areas of the, of the vein. But then I also started noticing them starting to appear in arteries, which is very unusual. And I uh, just, you know, I, I was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing pulling these things out of arteries, which makes it more difficult for us to do the embalming process because for us to do that, we have to try to, you know, we, we add chemical uh, formaldehyde or, uh, or chemicals like that in order to clear a lot of the blood out in order to get the, the color of the body to look more natural. Um, and at, you know, I kind of at a sense of peace, but when you have these kind of uh, clots, it makes that process very difficult because, you're not able to push the fluid throughout the body like it would normally be when blood is typically fluid. It's not solid. So, I, I mean, and I hate to get too disgusting here, but I mean, we have to delve into this. Typically, what I picture yeah. a blood clot are just kind of clumps of scabby blood. Um, and I would imagine you would obviously deal with that a lot as you're circulating the fluids trying to do the process so right. you're saying, and again, what we see here, it almost looks like muscle tissue. It looks like something extremely solid, stringy, um, doesn't look like a typical blood clot. And you're saying right. this is not one or two. Give, give some you know, data that you've documented. For example, your last full month, January 2022, last month. Right. About how often last are you seeing month, this? Last month, the clots that, were, that, I, that I deemed were suspicious as far as these strange fibrous type clots. Uh, last month I, I embalmed uh, roughly, you know, I know it was 57 bodies is what I embalmed last month. And I tagged on my computer because this, uh, people, I started, people asking how often I see it. So I started tagging 
And at 37 out of those 57 bodies, um, I had tagged with suspicious clots, these fibrous clots, these unusual looking clots. And that's a lot. In November, uh, when I really started tagging these, it was um, that month I didn't do very many calls because I had surgery that month. And but still, uh, nine out of 19 had those clots. And so I'm, I'm easy right now, 50% plus have this. These, wow. These type and, of and, and what sort of, what's the, do you ever know the cause of death um, typically in these people? I mean, are, do they die of all sorts of ailments or are these people that died um, mysteriously or from COVID itself? Right. Some people, um, so, sometimes I know that information, but because I'm a, uh, I'm what you call a trade embalmer. I basically do the embalming. I don't, I don't get to sit and meet with the families. That's the funeral director in charge or the funeral home. You know, they, they're the ones that meet with the families. And I, most of my job is done in the back. I'm only there for a short while doing the actual embalming process. And then they take care of it after I'm done. But sometimes I do get to talk to the funeral directors and I get further information where, you know, some of these people are vaccinated. I know because um, they've 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 asked. I can't determine 100 percent who is and who isn't vaccinated because I don't get to I always get to see that information. But some of these people are being labeled. They're 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 dying, you know, of heart attacks, strokes, um, whatever else. <laughs> but again, you know, the doctors don't see these clots that I'm seeing. They they don't have a clue uh, what's coming out of these bodies. And I'm afraid that some of these people are not they're they're dying of heart attack because there's they're full of clots and you can't live with that stuff in you. So, so, so this is a big deal. What they're this this a is a big deal. deal. <laughs> You're saying those stringy things that you sent to me, and again, you guys could see this online. Uh, you know, you've done previous interviews with Steve Kirsch, Stu Peters, um, Jane Ruby. Uh, you know, again, Jane has said the craziest things on the shots, and every one of them turned out to be true, one after another, which yeah. is which is so scary. You're saying this is not one random crazy case that you jumped out of your seat when you saw it you're saying you're seeing this all the time now yes it seems to like if i had four calls today i would probably say two of the four will have it now there are some days i have calls and i don't see it at all and of course i don't list it on my on my on my computer as being you know suspicious or clotted or anything like that but Right now, and then there's other days. I had one day that I did, um, I ended up having seven calls in a row, and six out of those seven had it. But then I've had other days where I'll have three calls, and none of them will have it. Sure. I'm, you know, just the roundabout numbers. When I'm looking back at the numbers, it's, it's I, I had this one call recently. Um, this person, uh, I was told before I even in, embalmed the person, that this person was not vaccinated. And I was like, oh, well, we'll see how this goes. And it was perfect. There is like what I've always been used to, typical embalming, no issues, no clots. Blood was normal, thin, everything was fine. So I, I feel like there's a correlation here. Um, 
granted with with the virus it could be causing some clotting but it seems to me that this fibrous clotting which is so different i am my you know my gut is telling me it's this is this is vaccine related and and hearing everything that you're that you're hearing about all these people that are you know the young people that are that are having these these issues is it is it, you know it, it's no wonder i i've talked to um i've had been reached out by um other embalmers from right now at least three different states uh john o'looney is in the uk he's not one of the three i'm referring to but he's the first person he's a funeral director that came out and i saw a video of him last october so or so and what he described, what they're seeing over there, which he didn't put no pictures or anything, but his story of what he was seeing was almost identical to what I was seeing. And I did get it, you know, I did hear John O'Looney recently was asked about these kind of clots. And he said his embalmer has been has been struggling with this for several months now. And these other embalmers that have contacted me, they're also struggling with it. So I know it's not just me. This is, you know. This is not just, uh, you know, a fluke happening down here in Alabama, but it's happening in places like Mississippi and Indiana, Missouri, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's not just local to here. Sure. I mean, and this is the type of thing that you can't miss. If you're saying it's not just one <sighs> fluke, it's happening regularly now, you would expect yeah. other people to come forward. I know Steve Kirsch has mentioned there are – He, I, it looks like he's spoken with two others that shared similar stories, and I know people are reaching out to you. Look, there's no middle ground here. Either you're a pathological liar or this is insane because it's not – it's nothing that you could bridge to normalcy. Um, it's so out of the realm of normalcy. I want to go over some of the time frame a little bit more with you um, sure. and just point out to the audience that you know what you're saying – as an embalmer, you know, of the dead does jive a little bit with what I've heard from doctors at the front lines uh, dealing with the living is that when they describe the blood clotting they're seeing, the typical heparin, the typical anticoagulants they're using doesn't break them up. Um, and, and they actually refer to them as like Frankenstein-like, um, not so much from anything they saw physically, but just the fact that they had a very difficult time breaking them up. And certainly this would lend credence to that. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about the timeline? So, you know, when you deal with dead bodies, which is something very few people deal with, um, you have Mm -hmm. a 20, you've been doing this for 20 years and suddenly we have a pandemic uh, that comes out of nowhere. So can you describe the last two years worth of just the ebb and flow of dead bodies you've been dealing with and sort of the demographics? Um, the Over the last two years, you know, it's it's been steadily rising as far as the number of cases that I had. It really, I mean, I had one month last year in, in January, which was, it was crazy busy. It was really, really busy. Um, but then it slowed down a little bit and I'm still busy, but 2019, 2020, not so bad. I mean, everybody was scared of the coronavirus. Everybody was, you know, kind of, and, and, and as the year progressed, we got a little busier and a little busier. And then, uh, so when 21 hit, uh, it went through the roof as far as the number of people dying. Um, you know, some of these people, I would question whether they died from COVID or just 
you know, some other health issues. The majority of the people that I'm embalming that are having these clots, they're still, they're, they're still older folks. They're not a ton of younger folks, but I can't rule them out because I have, I've had people as young as in their thirties, um, which the one case I recall was, uh, and the only reason why I knew this is because I was able to talk to uh, a coroner or a deputy coroner. And, um, this, 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 this young lady was, um, was vaccinated, went to the doctor and yeah, you know, they didn't find nothing wrong. Her sent her home. Next thing you know, she's dead. She falls over dead. I go back there and I'm embalming her and uh, lo and behold, here they come a whole bunch of these small rubbery, um, stringy looking clots. So, you know, I'm sure doctors, you know, I'm not want to blame a doctor. You know, she's not in an age group that she would probably be, you know, looked at for these clots. But um, so they probably just, you know, blew it off and sent her home, just get to the next patient. But I see them. I see them. And even if these people that are older that are still like in their, you know, in their 50s, 60s, and I'm in my 50s, so that doesn't, <laughs> that's kind of scary. I don't want to consider myself old, but. As I am getting older, I have I'm I'm getting people that are that are are younger now, um, but still the majority of them are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, but I don't want to discount that this issue with that because if these clots weren't in them, they'd still probably be alive, and they could be causing other serious issues with their health. That's a big so deal. It's still the time, yeah, it is. It's a huge deal. Because you're because, telling me, as someone in their 30s, that this is what I was asking. You know, what was the cause of death? And again, you're not a coroner, and you don't necessarily yeah. deal with the families at the front end, so you don't even have kind of just conversationally what happened. But sometimes you do, and you're telling me in this case, someone was in their 30s. There is no clear cause of death. Um, right. I, and and just to it's, it's, take it's, a step back, back. Just percentage-wise, I'm assuming throughout 20 years, typically when you deal with a dead body, you're dealing with someone elderly, right? Yes, typically. I, you know, in, I, I remember many years ago, um, it's probably been 15 years ago or so, um, we had a, uh, we had a, a it was about 27-year-old that died of a sudden heart attack, okay? So sudden heart attacks do happen. I mean, it's, it's possible. It is, it does. The, the person, uh, look like this spitting image of health. And, and I'm not saying that sudden deaths and heart attacks or strokes can't happen to people because they do. And they always have, but it's rare. It's, it's, you know, in, in all of my years of doing this, it's, it's, I've seen it a few times, literally. And, uh, but you look at the news and you sit there and you see what's happening around the world. I mean, this is becoming, it's becoming commonplace. It's kind of scary. And why, why all of a sudden, why, why is it all of a sudden that after all these years of embalming and yes, and I've had times when I've dealt with clots, most of the time they're from people that died. Um, and, for whatever reason, the, the embalming process didn't get started until maybe, you know, a couple of days after death. And even those clots were still manageable. They were not solid forms of fibrous sure. material that don't dissolve. And you, you can manipulate them in your hand. You can, you can stretch them. You can, 
I, I, you can, you, it's you can, crazy. You can rinse them off and they're, they're, they hold their form. They hold their shape. I, I would have never believed this, but again, I mean, you, you've showed a number of pictures. I find your story to be credible. And, and there are other people on the record now, several others saying similar things. And it's just, it makes no sense to me why we wouldn't be looking at, especially the younger people who die. Now, obviously you've mentioned that younger people, the it's a generational cultural thing. They generally, a lot of them get cremated now. So you don't, you know, even the relatively small number of younger deaths that are out there disproportionately would not be coming to you uh, just because of the right. culture, they get cremated. So you don't have a huge sample size, but are you able to tell us today? So you, you don't have any confirmed cases of seeing these crazy clots in someone that you know to be unvaccinated except for one case. Could you talk about that? Yes, there was a case uh, that I I was certain that this person was vaccinated by the way the blood looked. And, um, and that person wasn't. And uh, But then I found out you know, that person had other medical issues and so had received a blood transfusion. And so I'm sitting here in the back of my mind going, is it possible that this person may have received blood from a person that was vaccinated? Because I, you know, I've been, I was, I've been asked by, by people at the blood, you know, that come with a van out there or the bus and they want you to donate blood. And, and then I talked to the young lady and, and, and she's like, Oh, we take the blood of vaccinated and unvaccinated. It doesn't matter. And I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, really? Can you all tell the difference of the blood? Because it seems like I can, when I'm involved in a person, I often, I, I can tell who's vaccinated, who's not just by the way the blood is. And of course she couldn't answer my question because all she was there is trying to get people to, uh, to go and donate blood. But, you know, I knew, know that they accept blood from anybody. So is there is there a possible connection there? That's an interesting thing. Somebody would have to look into it. That is something that has scared us from day one. You know, is the blood bank contaminated now? If this is what is going on, um, this is this is truly right. truly unbelievable. And again, I could have never imagined doing a show like this. But but folks, this is out of control. This is this is crazy now. And again, I want to go back to the timeline because I think this is important. Um, it's not like you were born January 2021. So, you know, the pandemic began in 2020. Um, now, as we've noticed, that 2021 was a lot worse with COVID, which is, in itself is interesting because that was the year of the vax and COVID. The year without the vax it was much less. Um, but you were particularly doing a lot of embalming in 2020. So you could t- you could tell our audience that in general, 2020 relative to before because we have three eras we have pre-covid covid pre-vax right. and then covid post-vax 2020 you yeah, are not seeing that much unusual you know uh blood s- specimens and samples from the bodies you were dealing with right during the uh during pre-covid we run into clots occasionally during 2020 there was an increase but they were still relatively normal clots. We didn't, there was nothing abnormal about clots. Again, we've dealt with clots for a long time, but 2021, the clotting is a huge problem. 
huge problem. And it's not just that they're blood clots. It all comes down to that fibrous material that's in them that won't dissolve. That won't be, you know, you, you can't get it to, you, you can't get it to, to wash, you know, dissolve in your, in your hand. You can't break it up. Have you talked to any coroner, doctor in, in the field of, of hema, hematology and cardi, cardiovascular studies? Has anyone given you a sense of how this could happen? Yes, I've been contacted since the uh, story by several um, different people. Um, and the one, there is a doc, um, there is a doctor up in Michigan. Um, uh, his name is Dr. Thorpe. He believes that this is, um, immune mediated thrombosis or disseminated intravascular coagulation. He sent me some images of, of a, uh, of a clot that is in a living person that he can see through scans. And this type of clotting is unique because the reason why I don't see signs of the typical signs of clotting, such as discoloration, swelling, some necrosis of the lower limb because there's lack of blood flow, is because this type of clot can, like, somehow ride in the center or in the in the vascular system and blood is still flowing around it so there may be no signs of swelling or pain by the individual now once it gets to a certain size i'm sure that eventually you know if one of those break off or get dislodged and cause um a lack or a stoppage of flow of blood then for sure they would probably start developing those signs. But in many of the bodies that I am embalming, there's no sign at all of, you know, any, you know, unusual discoloration or necrosis in, in, in the limbs. And these, these clots are coming out, which is shocking. And his, his words to me, you know, he said, he told me that, you know, these big clots are alarming but that doesn't scare him. What scares him the most are the micro clots, the micro clots, the small, tiny ones, because he's afraid what, what happens with those small ones is they're going to end up finding their way to certain organs throughout your body and start restricting blood flow, causing certain organ failures and other, and other complications. So when I, when you told me that I stopped him and I said, excuse me, doctor, let me explain something. When I'm embalming a body, Sometimes when I'm embalming and and the blood is draining, it looks like, it almost looks like coffee grounds, little tiny specks of dark material coming out with the blood. He said, that's what I'm talking about. Those are microclots and those are dangerous because those can cause a heart attack and a stroke as well. So you have seen that in in addition to the, you know, the stringy uh, fibrins, uh, that are kind of yep. white when you wash off the blood. You're saying these black dots, little, little, yeah, they're little. They look like little. Um, they sometimes they look almost like little. It almost looks like coffee grounds. If you were to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna call it coffee grounds. You know, sometimes they're very fine. They're very small, but there's there's sometimes very a lot of them. And that's what's I so can, scary I'll, I'll, because I'll try to send you an image of what. Yeah, I, what I would I'm love to see. About. I would love to see that, and I'll um. 
Folks, I'm not going to f- f- post it on Twitter, but you could find me um, on Getter. I probably will folk, uh, post it there um, so you guys could get a hold of this just because I don't want to get kicked out of, off of Twitter just yet. That will probably happen in the <laughs> in the coming days. But you could follow me, Daniel underscore Horowitz, on Twitter. Uh, I will try to post those on, on Getter, I mean. I will try to post those images. I was always very concerned about the microclotting because what, what we're seeing with a lot of people, they die within the first few days, a week, two weeks of the shots. But then there are people that kind of drop maybe months later. And, you know, the hope was that people that got over those initial f- f- first few weeks, either maybe they didn't get the full shot, who knows what was in the vial or or whatever, their body didn't have a problem with it, which which is what we would hope for. But then the concern was how many people think they walked away from it, but they have accumulating microclotting over time, and they might not necessarily know it. And is that a ticking time bomb? And and you know we're not trying to come to conclusions here. The problem is you can't come to a conclusion when you don't even embark on a study. Um, when you put everything together, is this what's responsible for people dropping dead suddenly? Well, unfortunately, we now know there's multiple problems with the shots pathophysiologically, so who knows if this is the one, but certainly it's hard to imagine when someone gets to the point where you have these stringy things in your veins, and you're telling me even arteries, which which is pretty rare to have a clot you know, on the way out of the heart. It's usually the, the veins right. on the way in you know, after it's circulated through the body, so that's, that's bizarre. Um, do you have any... Any plans for the coming months, coming weeks, what you plan on doing to get to the bottom of this? Is anyone helping you? And conversely, are people pushing back against you? Are you getting pressure in your field or, you know, whatever licensing board you're, you have to be a part of? Right. So far, I haven't received anything negative as far as, you know, from the licensing board or anything like that. Uh, and the, the, the biggest thing what I what I've been having, and it's not a hundred percent, but it's I've gotten a lot of support, but it's silent support. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are seeing this, and they they'll tell me that they're seeing it, but they don't want to go on record as seeing it. And and a lot of that's due to the same thing. I, I was scared to come out with this information. Um, yeah, I, you know, and a lot of these people haven't documented what they're seeing as far as like photographs. Because it's kind of a taboo thing to do, you know, everybody's afraid to say, you know, or show something, but I had to start doing it because I needed to have something to back me up when I'm talking about these strange clots. When I talk about clots, they're just like, nah, whatever, you know, I mean, we've seen clots all the time, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's like, no, these are different. So I haven't received a lot of, I haven't received a lot of negative pushback as of yet. Um, There are doctors that now are seeing what I'm seeing. I've had some doctors reaching out to me, asking me questions. I was invited to talk to the um, doctors for COVID ethics and in a, in a zoom meeting It was fascinating. Um, So uh, you you learn a little bit of this and and a lot of things are still, you know, I can't say 100% sure, you know, that this is one thing or another, but there are, there are a lot of people that are looking into it and I've had, you know, some doctors saying the, the photographs that you put out there, we would have never known it was like this, you know, that kind of stuff. Because doctors deal with their patients while they're alive. And once they're no longer there, you know, they, they, they go on to the next patient. And what I'm seeing is so bizarre and it's happening so often. And I, 
you, I cannot be convinced that others aren't seeing the same thing, but I also understand why so many are not willing or not at a point where they're ready to come out and say something about it. Well, it's certainly fear. no worse than those in the medical profession. So, I mean, you know, like <laughs> like you you always say, if to be morbid about it, uh, morticians yeah. bury the mistakes of doctors. So you kind of yeah, get to doctors, see what's... Doctors practice medicine and we bury their mistakes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a, it's a, it's a kind of a strange joke, but and it's kind of funny in a way, but it, it, it is, in a sense, kind of true. Wow. But this is huge because why is it that you know, back in the day when we were dealing with regular embalming, we would only see a handful of cases here and there that would have clots in them. And we have instruments and tools and chemicals that are supposed to help break clots up and to help the, the, yeah. the flow of the fluid. But this stuff will not break up. Of course it, not. It's not. It's, it's not going to break up at all. It's totally it's solid. solid. And, you can't. And, and I find, you know, very credible what you're saying because, you know, the the trend line, you, you were seeing more traditional blood clotting, which absolutely the spike protein of the pathogen creates. But then exactly what, what I found amazing is that things got bad in Alabama um, I mean, July, but from from uh, from your standpoint, the deaths would be delayed two weeks, usually two, three weeks. So you'd see it more in August. August was terrible, I'm assuming. You know, you had the Delta deaths. Delta was horrible in the South. Yeah. Uh, Delta was very thrombotic. There's no question about it. The doctors we've had on the show talked about that, which is why they recommended taking aspirin for a very long time during Delta. Yep. Um, but nonetheless, you were seeing this before August. Is that correct? Correct. It is correct. And, and see, and that's what's kind of interesting because even a lot of the, the doctors that I have spoken to, they're kind of, you know, they're, 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 they're starting to think that this is linked to the spike protein that's in the vaccine. So maybe that's why they're not going to totally rule out that it can't be caused by the virus itself because the virus itself also has that protein. Sure. But the vaccine is loaded with it. It's an so uncontrolled to... amount of spike in an unknown number of locations for an unknown period of time. And exactly. to this day, we don't have that study other than the fact that we have, uh, you know, a study came out last week. They found 60 days later um, in the germinal terminal uh, uh, ter terminals in your body, we found, uh, you know, there's another study coming out about the spike protein mutated S1, S2 sticking in the monocytes for, for months, CD16 monocytes. So it makes sense why these things just, they just stick. And uh, you're certainly giving another angle and it's not a conclusive angle, but you put together pr the preponderance of evidence. We've known from day one, from day one, this thing caused cardio, cardio issues. It caused clotting issues that was known from day one. Uh, we see the people dropping dead. We see the excess mortality. Uh, we see doctors having trouble breaking up clots from a clinical standpoint. Um, we see the VAERS right. data. We see the DMED data. At some point, you gotta you gotta investigate this. I, I fear the only way to really do this is is to have a long study of of autopsies, which is what we've always needed. Um, I know very early on the Norwegian Medicines Agency, they did a study. I don't know if you remember this. They looked at the first hundred all cause deaths in, in nursing homes. Um, from the first hundred mm -hmm. people to have gotten the shot to have died. And I remember being, th this was before I even thought the shots were that bad. This was really early on. And they found mm -hmm. that 10 of them were most likely deaths due to the shot. 
the first hundred random ones, wow. and and only about half of them could they rule it out that the shot didn't cause them. So this is certainly right. something that needs to be followed up on. I'll give you the last word, and we'll sew up from here. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, you know, this is caused by inflammation, according to some of these doctors. And what you were just saying with the the kind of the timeline, you know, like with the uh, Delta coming in, what I what, what, with a change of the clots from the previous year, I started to question, were these people vaccinated? I'm like, because something's making these clots far worse. Is it the virus or is it? the virus with in connection with the vaccine. Cause we found out also that even though you got vaccinated, you can still get the virus. And so is it just compiling on top of it, making the, the, this clotting issue worse. And the only reason why I don't totally, you know, think that you have to have both is because I've had people or cases that I've done that have not had COVID, but were vaccinated and had these clots. Yep. But many of them that were vaccinated and had had COVID, they have them as well. <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. And, and then you, you got to wonder how much the cumulative effect of, uh, you know, getting three and now four of these shots, you know, what does that do? And we certainly don't know. Yeah. But again, I think what we do know is that the virus is inflammatory and thrombotic and the shots are yeah. potentially in some ways, even more inflammatory and thrombotic for some people. Um, so the answer to that is to treat it with anti-inflammatories and anticoagulants, not to try right. to preempt uh, if, thrombosis with yep. with a th- th- thrombogenic <laughs> uh, device. You know, it, it just it, it never made any sense because they'll say, "Oh, well, the virus is bad." We know the virus is bad. Um, you know, but the same people behind both <laughs> are 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 still uh, you know at play. So look, I want you to. You know, Update us in the coming days on on what you're finding, on what you're seeing. Again, I'll I'll put on out on Getter the images you send me, um, sure. and uh, you, you know keep us abreast of this because you never know. Even though you deal with death, hopefully with God's help, you could help save some lives. Hey Amen. That's that's the whole point. That's the whole point of bringing this forward. Awesome. Well, we'll hear from you later, and and uh, really appreciate you coming forward. I know this is not easy and not something you typically do, so God bless you for that. So again, that was Richard Hirschman, an embalmer, mortician, funeral, uh, funeral director. Uh, he's done all that stuff for for many years. He's in Alabama. Uh, you know, people recommended him to me to, as a guest. Uh, people that I trust. So I didn't jump on this at the first second. And and this is kind of the balance that I have to deal with and I've been dealing with the last two years. On the one hand, you want to warn people as soon as possible. You want to get news out to people. On the other hand, I don't want to jump on any fake story. And so, you know, I wait until I have a certain comfort level and there are several other people on the record um, saying the same thing. And again, it's it's enough. We're not coming to conclusions. I don't know. This is crazy, the times we live in. All I could tell you is that Jane Ruby is always the first on this stuff. She was the one talking about the vials uh, being different. I thought that was nuts, and she turned out to be right. So there's nothing I wouldn't put past this thing to cause at this point, but you just obviously have to verify it. Um, Some things are true, some things aren't. Uh, Just real quick for housekeeping, it is February 16th, 
And the Texas gubernatorial primary, early voting is already underway. Now, it's stupid to have early voting, but we do. So make sure all of you who live in Texas, bring a friend, everyone you know, vote early, vote often. Um, Make sure you vote for ABA, anybody but Abbott, anybody but Abbott, um, to make sure he gets knocked into a runoff. Um, we'll have we'll get into some more information on the federal fight in the budget bill, the individual state bills that we're working on. So again, keep me updated on that. You can always email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a comment on iTunes. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.